now. Now. It's time for your VO news served piping hot and fresh. Gather round. It's time for the voiceover cafe. Hey everyone, welcome to the VoiceOver Cafe, VO News served up piping hot. My name is Sean Caldwell, also got Trish. Hey Trish. Hello. And Jordan is here. Hey Jordan. Hey guys. Terry is out and uh, Matt is out as well today, but we do have some really, really incredible special guests today. We have the voices of Transformers Combiner Wars. Hey guys. (laughs) Hello, human. (laughs) (laughs) Amazingly good reception here on Cybertron. We are saying hello to John Bailey, who is the voice of Optimus Prime. Hey, John. Hello. Also, uh, Jason Marnoka, who is Megatron. Hey, Jason. Hey. And Frank Todaro, who is Starscream. Hey, Frank. Hello, everyone. What's going on? So, guys, um, real quick, I know sometimes people may not want to divulge, you know, who their agents are, what kind of things you're you're doing that way. But um, if you're comfortable talking about it, can you guys share with us what avenue you booked a gig like this, how the process worked? Not comfortable. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Was it a referral or an agent, a casting director, Uh, your own marketing efforts? I think my situation was different than everybody else. I had already been in contact with Hasbro and with Machinima previously a year before or so. And they just directly messaged me and said, hey, are are you going to be out in L.A. at this particular time? They're like, hey, we'd like to talk to you about some stuff. I had no idea what it was for. They uh, took me out to lunch and said, we want you to be Optimus Prime. I'm like, oh, okay. well, all right then. (laughs) So that's how mine happened. That's really cool. I know you've played Optimus Prime before or or a kind of a a version of Optimus Prime on the the annoying orange thing. That was kind of like Optimus Prime. That's one of many. I have Optimus for so many different things. Uh, Fox ADHD, um, annoying orange, uh, several of my own spoofs that got pretty good traction. But yeah, I've been doing that voice since I was five, so I've had a you know, few decades of practice on it. Nice. Uh, but, you know, word just kind of got around, and I think once some of the stuff that I worked on that was not Transformers-related became so popular, uh, I started showing up on the radar a little bit more, and they were like, well, this guy's really good, so Sweet. that's pretty much how that happened, yeah. Frank, how about for awesome. you? Are you comfortable sharing how it happened for you? Uh, yeah, sure. Um, well, like I said earlier, I'm from New York City, and uh, that that plays in later on. I'm realizing I'm being a little disjointed here. I actually sent in an audition. Uh, I mean, we met at an industry thing. Uh, myself and uh, and Eric, the uh, the amazing showrunner. I just want to get a quick shout out right at the top of the thing. Eric loves Transformers. Super talented. One of the kindest people you'll ever meet. And uh, yeah, so I heard back from him, and it was I think two days before they were actually supposed to record. And I bring up New York because I was in a stop and shop doing my grocery shopping at the time I got the call so I'm standing by a dumpster outside with my cell phone in my ear and he says hey you know we liked your star screen but we're not sure what we want and we went through a whole bunch of different types of voices he said I think the first uh, thing was Varys from uh, Varys from Game of Thrones very very sort of manipulative kind of uh, good guy, not good guy. I mean, he says, okay, we'll do it this way. I did it that way. Do it that way. And we just kept going through this thing. Keep in mind, I'm standing next to the recycling bins in a parking lot in the middle of Forest Hills, Queens. And, uh, you know, he brought some other people on the call. And uh, he says, like, you got to check with his uh, casting director. Then he comes back to me. He calls again. And I'm, like, clearly, you know, shaking about this thing. There's uh, Starscream. I, I, I happen to be a Transformers fan as well as a, as a voice actor for the past 10 some odd years. And he says, my casting director director reminded me that she works for me and congratulations you're starscream and i booked a ticket and flew out the next day and was recording the next so wow that's pretty, quick uh pretty intense yeah yeah 
Jason, how about you? Uh, my experience with this was um, I had already done uh, voice work and ADR stuff for uh, uh, Aaron, the director of the Superpower Beatdown series. So he was involved with Machinima and informed me about a possible project some months before uh, it actually was recording. And so he suggested... Um, you know, Machinima was looking for voice actors and stuff and asked him if he had any in his pool who could audition. And he asked me to audition and I was, you know, I sort of went, oh, okay, Transformers. I don't really know much about Transformers. Uh, okay, uh, let's see. Optimus Prime's the good guy. Megatron's a bad guy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, so um, so I auditioned for, oh man, uh, Megatron, Starscream. I auditioned for j just made random uh, voices and things because I was just like, I don't know what this is going to be, but it sounds really cool. So, um, And then uh, I got the call like a week before uh, we started recording that I got um, a role. And I was just like, cool, who is it? And then they couldn't tell me for another couple of days. And I was just like, what? Okay, uh, and then <laughs> I heard it was Megatron. I was like, oh, sweet, the bad guy, all right. Um, I'm very used to that, so. Uh, so then after I got that call, I, too, grabbed a ticket, flew out, and uh, had a great uh, great couple of recording sessions getting the show cranked out. Very cool. So uh, I've seen the episodes, and, and I imagine this series has kind of been pretty physically demanding with all the fight scenes that are involved with, with <laughs> each of you. Uh, it's is a two-part question. So have past animation roles helped you in your performances for the show, uh, or is this something you had to learn more about specifically for this job? We'll start with John. Well, this was my first animated series, but not my first animated project, and I'd already done... Uh, ADR before on uh, Krampus where you actually have to work with what's on the screen and it has to be a particular time. Um, so at least I'd had some experience in that, but I'd had tons of other voiceover experience. And I, like I said, I've been doing Optimus Prime's voice as well as my own versions of the character for, you know, 30 something years. So uh, it was just kind of uh, the next logical step for me to be doing this kind of work anyway. And it seemed like it ran really smoothly. It was, uh, and it, I mean, I've never seen sessions go that fast before. And I've done video game sessions where it took forever to get done because there were just so many lines. But never in, even when you work with other actors, most of the time, especially in video games, you don't work with the other actors in person. They just re-edit your stuff together. So it was much more chemistry and a lot of cool back and forth and a lot of fun stuff in between working next to these guys and, and, and girls. So that setting was was. That, would only, that was only my second time actually doing that where I got to work with the other actors. So that was definitely more fun to do it that way. And it seemed to have and it seemed to have a better overall result. This is why I, and it's my favorite type of work to do. Jason. Um, yeah, I'm used to doing video game stuff mostly. So, you know, with that, there's a lot of uh, action noises and things that have to be done. So I, I, yeah, oh yeah. You know, like you are lifting heavy object and it's like, okay, uh, you know, you are, you are lifting light object. I'm like, do you make a noise when you lift the light? I don't, but okay. <laughs> um, you know, so I'm, I'm very used to that. I do a lot of uh, ADR for live action stuff, um, including the Superpower Beatdown show. Um, so that part is I actually like doing reaction fighting noises and things a lot. So I, I, had a, I had a great time doing that. And also, John is absolutely right. It was a wonderful, unique experience to be able to actually be a few of us in the room together, recording together and feeding off each other. That was that was excellent. Good times. Cool. Uh, Frank. Yeah, uh, well, I tend to get cast as villains a lot, uh, and monsters and, and things like that. So, yeah, especially doing the uh, video games, there's a lot of physicality 
actually physical stuff flying, flailing your arms around. And somewhere out there, there's this like 20 minute. I'm sure you guys, uh, John and Jason, you guys had this uh, at the end of your sessions too, I'm sure, where they just needed all the emotes and screams before you blow out your voices. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's 20 minutes of me making these sounds that. Uh, that, that 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 were pretty scary. Uh, lots of screaming. <laughs> Didn't know where they came from. Uh, and uh, and then they just grabbed from that for for all this. But yeah, working together in the studio was absolutely brilliant. And, and uh, friendships made. Just a wonderful crew. Both both sides of the glass. Lots of wisecrack remarks made. And uh, and yeah, it was definitely a first for me sitting in a circle with people in the room because like i mean maybe one other person in the in the booth when you're doing a video game here and there if you're having an actual back and forth uh unless you're talking to yourself and you're playing two characters which gets weird um but uh but yeah wonderful experience and glad i didn't hit anything when i was flailing yeah because if you (laughs) actually record frank and then fast forward it really fast it looks like inflatable flailing arm tube man Oh man! Well, Frank, you actually touched on the 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 part B of the the question, so I'll just ask John and Jason. Um, what did you, because of all of the the demanded the physical demands, especially of your of your voice, how do you keep your voice healthy for a job like that? How do you keep from either it swelling up or getting hoarse and being strong for the whole session? Uh, either of you I was can answer. The, the reason why I didn't really address the whole efforts part is because I didn't have to do as many efforts as they did. I had a, cu- right. a couple, but my big fight scene was with Windblade, and I'm just ducking and dodging and diving. I'm, I'm doing the, dodge, the five rules <laughs> of dodgeball. I did Yeah. Dodge, duck, dip, dive, and dodge. Uh, yeah, just there was no efforts involved. They're like, oh, yeah, you're so you're just so badass that, you know, you don't have to actually make any noises. I'm like, yeah, okay, cool. <laughs> um, but, yeah, uh, honey lemon tea always helps. Um, staying hydrated is one of the most important things. Uh, there's this thing called throat coat that I don't recommend that can numb your vocal cords if oh, you're having yeah. a stressful time you can actually yep. end up hurting yourself more than than helping yourself yeah but yeah just uh just taking it and it's always great when eric is eric calderon uh is always so great at, at uh, making sure that we don't have to do any of the big vocally stressful stuff until the very very end which is the way it always should be but uh yeah it's it's and it's tough because sometimes especially when some of us have to fly in for that kind of thing we don't actually live there um just the travel and being tired and not sleeping all that stuff has an effect on your voice especially if uh if there's allergy situations involved, which is a lot of my problem. Uh, zinc is also like one of my favorite things. It helps keep you healthy and helps heal you quickly. I have nothing further to add. <laughs> I mean, okay. I completely agree. Like he's, he pretty much summed it up. It, I, I have no particular differing method. So um, no, I, I, I think he summed it up perfectly. Hey, Jordan here. All right. So you all watched the original Transformers series as a kid. So did you ever um, find most yourself? Most of them, we found out. Oh, most of them. <laughs> Jason didn't. <laughs> That's okay. I mean, I did, but I wasn't like huge into it. Okay, like, I mean, yeah. I, I, you know, I, I'm familiar enough, but I, I didn't really. So, so this, this may be, this may just be for you two gentlemen. Okay. We won't, we won't tell anyone. <laughs> um, oh, Megatron. <laughs> well, the question is, regardless of that, uh, did you find yourself trying to perform similarly to uh, your voice predecessors of each character, or was it more important just to make them more of a reflection of yourself and your own vocal abilities? I mean, that's got to be quite the challenge because, you know, Transformers is such a big 
epic thing. It's 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 big in pop culture. So I can't imagine the pressure of trying to feel like, am I doing a copycat or am I doing my own thing or what? What do I do? So how did you guys handle that challenge? Uh, Start I, with John. Okay. Um, well, I, I Frank may be able to to top on to this, but I think both of us have had a, a handful of voices in our heads for Starscream has been voiced about several different times and Optimus Prime has been voiced several different times. All of them are in the same wheelhouse, but you know, you have C. Bloom's version of Starscream and then you have the original version of Starscream and then you have the Armada, whatever that was. Um, so there, yeah, there's all these different voices in our heads of like what exactly they want, but they, we know that this is based on the Generation 1 cartoon. However, they'd let us know up front that we want this to feel familiar to the original show, but that we, we also want this to be unique and different. And I, I was like, I was like Hugh Jackman in X Men One, trying to slip in the word "bub." I kept trying to go back to that more Optimus Prime sounding voice, but they were dead set on this, uh, this more relaxed, um, melancholy. He was, he was more like you may may not get this reference, but he was more like Optimus Primal and and Beast Machines, where he was more of this Yoda muse, uh, you know, guide type sensei character rather than his normal John Wayne-ish self from the original G1 show. So it was somewhere between uh, the Optimus Prime of the, of the 86 Transformers animated movie uh, and something uh, I just threw in there on my own. But um, So yeah, they, they had something very specific in mind and they, they worked with each one of us to get exactly what they wanted to sound like, but they did not want exact sound-alikes from the original cartoon. Cool, cool. Okay, how about you, Jason? Um, I actually was um, directed to specifically not emulate what, you know, Frank Welker did or anything like that. Like, they kind of wanted to push a little bit away from that. Although, when we started recording, like, when I initially did uh, my Megatron audition, it was kind of way further down in that growly area. But then they wanted me to pitch it up a little bit and smooth it out, so... Um, so they kind of wanted to shift it a little, like John said, you know, like familiar, but kind of with a, a different uh, approach to it. So we ended up kind of, uh, and it helped that I didn't really remember very much about the original show. So, you know, if someone said, you know, imitate Frank Welker's Megatron, I'd be like, uh, I don't know. Does he sound like Fred from Scooby-Doo? You know, I don't, uh, <laughs> <laughs> there's a, there's an there's well, yeah, idea. Yeah, right. <laughs> Optimus Prime, yeah, um, <laughs> but but um, yeah. So I thankfully didn't really have uh, very much to go on. They just sort of adjusted what I had done in the audition, which you know I'm I found was was kind of nice and rewarding, and was not initially what I had thought for the character, but I think ended up being really fun to do, and definitely didn't scratch up my my voice as much as like just the growl would have. So. That plus was they, I, I was pretty happy. Plus, they <laughs> added the effects to them, which also altered the way we originally sounded. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay, yeah. Well, I mean, case in point, it's so hard for us as voice talent, right, to self-direct. And well, are we doing it right? Am I staying? Am I too frank? Well, you know, it's so <laughs> nice to be directed, isn't it? Like when you're in a session, you, you, you all you have to do is perform, and they'll bring you back if you're sounding too yep. much like Frank Welker. If you're going too deep, etc. Mm -hmm. It's so nice to be able to have someone there, and you can just perform instead of like I need to self-direct. I need to be an engineer. I need to, you know. Mm -hmm. So Absolutely. I bet that was really nice to have that to lean on. Having to rewind all the way to the beginning of the file and what did that sound like when I first exactly. started? Exactly. Right. Right. <laughs> oh. Sixteen That's hours right. ago. <laughs> yeah. Yikes. How about you, Frank? Well, I'll say the creation, the journey of uh, of making Starscream sound like what he did was uh, one of the most fun things in my entire career. It was, it was amazing. They, they, it was very intentional where we started with that mochi one up here that was very sort of a little too menacing. But I love, love, love playing Starscream as a good guy. 
there's this, yeah. I mean, of course, without spoiling anything, if you guys haven't seen it yet, uh, it's more to the story than that, but him as this reformed character and more mature character, he sounds very different. And He finally hit puberty, basically. Basically, <laughs> And the the trick there was to get and this is all this is all Eric and FJ this is all their 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 direction uh, and I'm the I'm the tool they used to get the audience to actually believe him up to that point so there's a there's a level of um, of creation on their part for that so yeah I am a fan of Transformers but I'm also a working voice actor so this is this intersection of this great Venn diagram uh, for me this particular role but when we finally got there. Uh, it, it, yeah, I ended up believing Starscream was a good guy and, and that's how I played it and it was an absolute blast and especially playing off these guys but like I said, I am kind of well versed in Transformers these are my idols, these are the people that I, I got into this business because I was so amazed by Welker and Bell and McConaughey and of course Chris Lotta is, uh, is just um, a huge reason why I, I'm even here right now so yeah, and then getting to do that as something new with these other characters as something new. Uh, it was just absolutely wonderful. Yeah, likewise, Peter Collins so thankful. Was, the, was my inspiration into getting into voiceover as well. So. Oh, Peter Collins, amazing. Yeah, I would actually love to get him on a future show at some point. But Good luck with that. <laughs> I heard he's a little shy. <laughs> he's um, missing riding horses on his ranch right now. <laughs> Um, so all of you, actually, John, did you also fly out for the yes, role? I did. Okay, so did you guys work in a studio all together, yes. bouncing off of each other, like Pretty to much, be able yeah. to? Okay, and we what was it at the Amazing Bang Zoom, uh, which uh, many hmm. awesome anime are, are made, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, it was a really cool setting, because when I when I did Krampus, it was a huge studio room. It was it was like the ceilings were two stories tall. The screen was enormous. Um, there was a huge group of people. It was a much bigger group. Uh, this was a much smaller setting. It was a more more intimate, and there was a lot more chemistry involved because we weren't well. For one thing, we weren't running around in front of the microphone like we did with the ADR stuff. Um, but yeah, that was it was a it was a much different setting, even though it had similar attributes. And it was just a and it the, well, the one thing I would add to what Frank said is it's very sometimes it's very hard as a voice actor when it's something you're a fan of. See, Jason had mm-hmm. one advantage over us is that he, Frank and I are trying not to screw up things because we know what, the, what this means to the fans. Mm-hmm. And we want to do the absolute best we can to pay homage and respect to the original characters because this is, they did not want to go in the, the direction of the original. In fact, the first thing they said to me whenever they said, we would like you to be Optimus Prime, I said, if Peter Carlin wants to have anything to do with this, then I'll, I'll, I'm backing out now. They said, wow. no, we're, do, we're doing an all original cast because I don't want to take a job away from any other actor, especially one that I, I highly respect and is my hero in, in this business. And so what we had to take a different approach. But it's very hard not to get into your own head and and then overthink it and screw up. So uh, mm-hmm. I've done that before when I, I've worked on other projects, if it's something that I'm a fan of, like with Ninja Turtles or other things that I've always liked. And then I get too much in my own head. I end up messing my own self up. So just containing my excitement throughout the project. I may have looked calm to all you guys while I was in the booth, but after I got done, I couldn't stop talking for about eight hours and this really high, really squeaky, nervous voice because all the energy was finally <laughs> spilling out. And it was like, ah, I can't believe I made it through that. And, and I actually looked like I was not overly excited little fangirl. So, uh, yeah, it was, <laughs> it was, that was the probably the most difficult part of the job for me was just containing. I was like Samuel Jackson sitting next to the Yoda puppet. <laughs> oh, 
And so I, I, I thought it was really cool what they did because I don't, I was a Transformers, you know, kid. Also, I, I tended to go for the kind of the more guy shows. I wasn't much into like Gem or any of the, the a lot of the girls shows. But so watching it, I don't really remember there being any female characters. And now in this Transformers Combiner War series, uh, there are several strong female uh, characters, and I, I think it's neat. What was that like working with uh, somebody that didn't really or actually, first, correct me if I'm wrong, that there wasn't any females there, in the There original? was one there episode. There were a few of them, Otherwise, yeah. Were, okay. But, and RC was, like, the main, like, she was on the forefront and once the movie came along. So they actually had, like, a primary female character. And then the comic started introducing more female characters. Um, but they've, they're trying to, uh, you know, we don't judge here because I was a huge fan of Care Bears and, and all the, the girly shows of what they called it back in the day. So <laughs> I, I don't judge. You like what you like. You know what I mean? If I mm-hmm. got away with one of those Lisa Frank uh, binders at school without getting beat up, I totally would have. <laughs> All right. All right. Cool. Well, yeah, uh, we, we actually tried to get Abby Trot on. She uh, plays Windblade. I had hoped that she would be able to join us, her and, and or Lana. Um, but uh, we'll have Welcome to get Welcome to the Abby sausage party. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You guys have been super gracious. Before you go, any insight, any hints as to there's going to be a season two, any merchandise going on, anything that you can tease us with a little? Not that I can legally say out nope. loud. <laughs> oh. I, I can say But you can buy all of our action figures. At yes, right. <laughs> wait to that. I hope they let us put our voices in some of these things because that would be amazing. Oh, um, the toys, right. yeah. I, I will be... say that for, I don't, know, I don't know how many of us because I'm pretty sure they contact us individually, but I, I can say that this has been a huge opportunity and a huge, huge notch on all of our belts and a big addition to our resumes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, absolutely. The only, the only hard part was dealing with all the, uh, the fans because <laughs> Because Transformers fans tend to not like something before they even see it, but you know, I think we eventually won them over by the end of the show. Is there a <laughs> uh, is there a funny line that's like your favorite line from uh, from the series that you did? Uh, probably <laughs> when Jason said, "What did you say, Prime? Transform and roll out," and I just go, <laughs> "Whenever Windblade laughs." I had such a great time with Megatron just because he's so. I mean, everyone on the internet refers to him as Sassy Megatron, and he is sassy. <laughs> oh, he like, is. he's just <laughs> so Megatron. <laughs> oh, it's so great. I I adore that. And I'm so grateful that people, you know, enjoyed the, the Megatron as much as they did. Because I, you know, not really being much of a Transformers fan, I was just like, well, I hope that goes over well. Anyway, I'm going to go get lunch, you know, after we recorded and stuff. And then I started to get super hype when I started seeing more animation and stuff. But initially I was like, well, I don't know, <laughs> you know, because I just wasn't sure what the temperature was, as it were. Ryan Reynolds will play you in the movie. Uh, one of the one of the things that i remember specifically actually to go back from before uh part of what they were doing when they were trying to figure out the starscream voice is figure out a way to say this is the same guy so if he gets stressed out he can still kind of switch back into that screeching g1 ish like something just a little bit of the flavor there right Mm-hmm. And one of my favorite moments is when he's finally, he's got some kind of tra- post-traumatic stress syndrome from Megatron. And when Megatron is finally there, he's standing up on top of this big giant building, and but he just loses it. And uh, there's a, I know you! And he comes right back into who he was because Megatron's there. And suddenly he's, you know, all he needs is a hug. He just needs Megatron to say, I'm proud of you, Starscream. Please, just, just let it all go. You're okay. You're doing fine, Starscream. I'm not and he never gets that approval. Don't it matter, Starscream. All I ever wanted was a hug, Megatron. 
Softimus Prime. Uh, I think Jason has probably ended up being the mo- the fan favorite. Everybody has just raved on this being their favorite version of Megatron or one of their top favorite versions of Megatron. And you did have the most quoted line at the end about how long it would take you to destroy Starscream. Oh, yeah, the um, uh, stars will bloom and die before I'm done killing you. Yeah, yep. pretty metal. <laughs> wow. Such heroic nonsense. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I, I'm super grateful to Eric and George both for the, and FJ and everybody for the, the, the script writing and the directing and Oh, it like it all it all just was such a nice melding of of the voice talent and the writing and the direction all together that I think uh, ended up making the show what it was. Yeah. And I I think that I think we had the same problem with the show if you want to call it a problem is that we wanted more of it and everybody was like this yeah. show is too short. But you know what? Maybe this is just a test to see how well this would do so they will end up making this like a 20 something minute episode where um, but yeah, so I, I, I agree. I want to see more too. So you're, you fans are not alone. It's not a bad mm-hmm. thing that you like it so much. You want to see longer episodes. Yeah. The, I was really disappointed when I found out the episodes were only like five or six minutes each, but, uh, it does keep you wanting more. So I guess that's that true. Is, that's I mean, I, I assume that has something to do with the, with the YouTube type mentality where, you know, kids, teens, twenties, they, they watch these, you know, three to five minute videos on YouTube and they were like, well, we will, uh, we'll do that format. But. For whatever mm-hmm. reason, it, it made me want to see more of it. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. Same. So, all right. Well, I really appreciate you guys taking time out of your schedules to uh, to to join us. Uh, Jordan, do you have any last questions? Oh, I, I think they they covered it. This is great. Yeah. Congrats, guys. You really should be proud. I mean, yeah, uh, I'm. The, it, 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 the animation's so great. The the acting's great, and it's and man. You got uh, Peter Cullen and Frank Welker <laughs> to, I mean, that's, you guys, it sounds like it's resonated with the fans on a very positive level, and you should be proud of that. So congrats. Congrats nice. to all you guys. Are, uh, are we allowed to pimp out upcoming projects or anything? Of course. Or, sweet. Uh, you guys can kill me in all sorts of various ways in Dishonored <laughs> 2 coming November 11th. <laughs> Is that a game or yes, what? Yes, it's a very okay. popular franchise, a sequel to Dishonored. Uh, was a PC uh, fan favorite, and Dishonored 2 looks even more awesomer. Um, okay. All the other cool projects I'm working on are still under non-disclosure agreement, so that's the only one I can publicly talk about, but it's still, it's coming soon. Yeah, that's you exciting. Cannot, you can hear me in a very Optimus-ish uh, version of a character called the Council Spokesman in the XCOM uh, 2 that just came out on consoles this, this past month. So. Awesome. Anybody yeah, I'm else? in a similar boat where I can't really talk about a lot of the things <laughs> I'm doing, but I mean, I can say that uh, I think the beta dropped. I think that the full game is out now too. Battle Right. Uh, I voice a couple of characters in that. It's a it's a brawler game, and uh, it's gotten really great reviews. So everybody should check that out on Steam. And uh, nope, I can't talk about anything else. Ah. I know. Uh, like the beta drop for one of my games that comes out next spring, but that was told by my agent until the rest of the cast shows up on IMDb. I can't say anything about it. Uh, <laughs> I was like, oh, you're it's the worst. NDAs cool be damned. Uh, <laughs> Frank, is, do you have any side projects or any, any current projects you want to talk about or can talk about? Wow, there's a lot of stuff that I can't talk about. The uh, mm-hmm. a, a lot of the video games that came out, Kathy Rain's out in Steam. It's a really fun point-and-click. Invisibles on uh, PlayStation. Uh, a couple other things. I host a radio program that's making a big comeback. Uh, I host a uh, paranormal and science-based radio program called The Invisible World. Uh, so you guys can check that out, too. It's all through my website, uh, which I'm sure is somewhere out here, franktodaro.tv. And a bunch of other stuff that, uh, give me a month or so, then I'll tell you. Okay, yeah, it's, keep it's me good posted. good thing we can hear it if it's the invisible world, because we can't see anything. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> 
Guys, thanks for stopping by the cafe. This is a huge treat. It's great to uh, great to talk with you guys and wish you great success uh, through the rest of the year and into next year. You are welcome. Where's my money? <laughs> Don't bother me again. <laughs> the current administration is quite happy with this outcome. That's a wrap on another episode of the VoiceOver Cafe. This is Sean Caldwell. Thanks for listening. Be sure to check out other riveting episodes at voiceovercafe.org. 